Good morning and welcome to all our guests, visitors, and radio listeners today. Today, following the worship, there will be a short congregational meeting to accept nominations for officers of the consistory and congregation. We will also take down Christmas decorations following the meeting. Pastor Joel's Sunday school class will not meet today so they can help. The rest of the Sunday school confirmation and youth Bible, youth Bible studies will resume today at their normal times and locations, and you can find them in the bulletin. This Saturday, January 11th, is Revive Ohio Outreach Day. Outreach days include breakfast, a time of worship, prayer, devotions, and sending groups out into the community to pray for our community. It will be hosted by the New Knoxville United Methodist Church, so if you're interested in helping with food or going out on a prayer team, please contact Pastor Joel for more information. In two weeks, on Sunday, January 19th, will be our annual meeting to elect the officers and hear reports from the pastor, trustees, treasurer, and committee reports. Uh, We'll also approve the 2020 budget at that time. And so once again, that will be held Sunday, January 19th, immediately immediately after the service, 9 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Please rise and join me in the call to worship. Today's call to worship is taken from Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2, and 5 through 12. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my God and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in, a, in extortion, or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. Now let us remain standing and sing. Uh, 10,000 reasons.
As the children come down for children's chat, and this being the flu and cold season, take time to greet your neighbor, but maybe do it with a friendly high or a elbow bump or a fist bump. Good morning. How are you guys today? Are you good? Good. Are we feeling better? We're all healthy up here? Excellent. Excellent. All right, well, we're starting a new sermon series. Oh, the upper balcony has arrived. We'll wait on them. (laughs) So, we're starting a new sermon series, and it's about the Sabbath. Have you ever heard that word before? The Sabbath? No? You've never heard of the Sabbath before? Hmm, so you probably don't know what it means if you've never heard of it. And you probably don't know when it is either, do you? Today. Today is the Sabbath. What is today? Church. Sunday. Today is Sunday, right? Yeah, today is Sunday. And in the Christian religion, we celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday. Okay? The Sabbath is a day of rest. A day of rest. Because if you remember, when, when God made the world, how long did it take him? Seven days. Did he use all seven days to create the world? What did he do on the last day? He rested. So, if God decided that we needed a day, he needed a day of rest after creating the world, we also need a day of rest. What does it mean to rest? Sleep. Your mom likes to rest? Yeah. Your mom deserves to rest. I know, with three little girls, trust me, I've been there. Moms need their rest. Yeah. So God created the world in six days and he said we needed to rest. Okay? And we said that rest could be sleeping. How else do you rest? What else could you do when you rest? Chill. Yeah, you could chill. What about playing games? Yeah, playing games with with your family that could be that could be resting. Maybe for an hour of watching TV would be okay. Okay, resting can be a lot of different things. Resting can be hanging out with your family, playing a game. Resting could be going for a walk. And enjoying all the beautiful things that God made. Resting could be sharing a meal with those that you're spending time with. Okay? And, you know, it told us again, God told us again in Exodus. Okay? Now, you guys need to remember back to our Sunday school lessons about a year ago. We talked about the Israelites. And they were wandering around in the desert. And they were getting hungry. And God said that he would provide their meals for them. Do you remember what he sent down? Not really. Not really? Hmm, anybody over here? He, every morning they had to go out and collect manna. But on the sixth day, they had to collect enough food for two days so that they wouldn't have to work or find, that, find uh, their food on the seventh day. So it talks about the Sabbath a lot. In, in the Bible and why it's important to have a day of rest. 
Now, unfortunately, our society today is not about a lot of rest. It's all about to-do lists. You don't want a to-do list? You don't? Do you guys ever get to-do lists? You guys get to-do lists? Yeah, I do too. You know, part of, that's part of it. But <clears throat> God wants us to rest on this Sabbath. And that means we can go to church and rest, but it doesn't mean that we sleep all day. Resting can be playing games, visiting cousins, taking a walk, and have it celebrating the Sabbath. And so we're going to talk more about the Sabbath as we go forward. Okay? So today I want you to think about that. Okay? Now you didn't have time to plan yesterday for for today because sometimes resting on the Sabbath requires planning. You got to get your homework done the day before. You got to clean your room the day before if that's on your to-do list. <laughs> and so sometimes we have to plan in advance. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for these eager children that want to share and participate and be part of what we do. Please keep us healthy for those who are not here today. Help us to feel better and that this sick passes over. Be with us and let us find a day of rest today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Lost in our service in the last week in Kansas, Colonel Jonathan J. Vanetta, 48, from Moel, Arkansas. In Virginia, Private First Class Patrick Giannone, 19, from Spotsylvania, Virginia. Thank you, Jay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together this morning. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and worship you together this morning as one body of Christ here in this place. We thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are gathering together all over this country and all over this world for the same purpose, to worship you as our Lord and Savior. Lord, this is a not only is a, an opportunity, Lord, it truly is a privilege to, to gather together as one and to worship you. And so, Lord, help us to not take it for granted and help us to not... Um, uh, forget, Lord, the importance of, of what we do here this morning, to, to stop, to pause, and to reflect on your goodness and your grace. We do that this morning, Lord, with, with a, a, a mind and a heart uh, focused on you, towards you. Uh, Lord, we do so also with, with concerns and, and heavy hearts in a, in a lot of ways. There are many here in our own church, our own community, who are facing challenges, whether that be health problems or otherwise, Lord. And many who are, who are in need of you and your grace in their lives. Lord, we ask that whatever is needed, whatever, Lord, we can do also to help, Lord, you would equip us to do so that your will would be done in each of those situations. Lord, we also today uh, lift up our world, our nation, Lord, uh, with a lot, of, um, a lot of things going on. We do pray for peace, Lord, in our world. We pray for a peace that comes only can only possibly come through you. And so, Lord, we ask for, for that. Uh, we ask, Lord, for wisdom 
for our leaders. Uh, your word calls us to pray for all those who are in authority over us. And so we do that this morning, asking for wisdom for our, our president, our Congress, our Supreme Court, our state and local governments as well, Lord. We ask, Lord, for, for a hunger and thirst for righteousness and a wisdom that can come only from you. Lord, we lift up all these things knowing full well that you care uh, about your people, you care about your creation. And Lord, we ask that, that your church, First Church in New Knoxville, but also your church, Lord, uh, the Big C Church worldwide, would, be a, would make an impact for your kingdom here in this world. We pray these things all in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite those who are able to stand and join with us as we sing number 350, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.
stand. You may be seated. I invite you to pray with me. Lord God, thank you so much for the opportunity we have now to give back to you. Thank you for blessing us in so many ways, Lord. And we ask that you would take this offering and, and bless it to further the work of your kingdom here in this church, in this community, in this world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. With the choir off this week, we're glad to have Eric and Jana Hirschfeld blessing us with special music this morning. from the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? 
They entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Thank you, Connie. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you uh, for this opportunity now to open your word together. I pray that as we uh, take a look at at this passage from Matthew and other passages, Lord, uh, about the Sabbath, I pray that you would give me words to speak, give our hearts and minds understanding, Lord, and help us to take what we learn today and apply it to our lives. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I hope you guys all had a had a Merry Christmas and a good New Year. Um, it was uh, been a busy couple, uh, I guess, week or so for my family. Uh, as as most of you know, I was not here last Sunday. Pastor Tori filled in quite admirably uh, for me and did a wonderful job uh, bringing us the word last week. Uh, but because my family and I were, were traveling to visit family, we spent a couple days in Canton visiting Allie's family. We actually got up on Christmas morning and drove. If you ever want to go. Take a long trip and not have to deal with traffic. Christmas morning is the perfect time to do that. Uh, we were there for a couple days. We made a quick pit stop back here in New Knoxville. And then for a couple days, went down to Alabama to visit my brother and, and spend some time down there with him. So it was, it was quite a busy, quite a eventful uh, week or so. Um, and, and I don't know if any of you have ever, ever experienced this before, but when I got home from my vacation, I felt like I needed another vacation. Um, I felt like I really needed to rest from that time away. It was, it was good, don't get me wrong, but it was very busy, very hectic, a lot going on and a lot of hours and miles in the car. Uh, I don't think that, uh, th- this idea of, of, I know it's something that, that I have struggled with at times is, is learning how to rest and learning how to rest well. I think that's a struggle. Maybe, maybe I'm not the only one in the area. I think that's something that we all struggle with from time to time is, is how to truly rest, not just take a break from something every once in a while, but truly rest and benefit from that. I think we, are, we live in a culture that has lost the ability or lost the know-how and, and, and what it means to truly rest. And I stand here to, before you today, we're starting this sermon series on the Sabbath. We're going to be talking, kind of laying some groundwork and some foundation here this morning, and then over the next couple of weeks, talk about kind of why we, why we have Sabbath and why we rest, kind of the, the benefit we get from that. Uh, but I'm certainly not the expert in that area. 
I, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I've got it all figured out and I, I know how to rest perfectly, and so you need to follow my example. I feel like this sermon series has been an interesting one for me to prepare for because it's something that I myself struggle with from time to time, truly figuring out how to, how to rest and, and rest as God calls us to rest here uh, in Scripture and when he talks about the Sabbath. And so that's what we're going to be doing together today and going forward is, is truly kind of digging in deep and talking about what it means to find our rest in the Lord. You see, the Sabbath is meant to be an invitation. It's, it's an invitation from God for us to pause and stop from our, the crazy, busy lives and rest in him. The word Sabbath actually comes from the word to stop or to cease. A uh, uh, book I, I just finished reading recently in preparation for this uh, sermon actually talked about using, uh, instead of the word Sabbath, which is a, kind of an archaic word, they, they just started calling it stop day or cease day. A day to simply stop our regular busy routine and learn to rest in the Lord. You see, there's two common mistakes we, we sometimes make when it comes to Sabbath rest, and we see both of them here in this passage. The first, and I think most common for us, is, is we simply ignore the Sabbath. We, we don't rest at all. We, just, we live in a culture and a society where we operate on a 24-7, 365 schedule. And that's what the Pharisees accused Jesus and his disciples of doing here. They, he accused them of being Sabbath breakers, people who didn't honor the Sabbath and take it seriously. This passage is interesting. There's actually kind of two stories here, but they're both meant to, to represent or point us to the same truth. And that is that Jesus himself is Lord of the Sabbath. And so we get two incidents here. We get the disciples out on a walk with Jesus on the Sabbath day, and they're walking on the edges of a, grain, of, a, of a field, and they pick some heads of grain to have a little bit of a snack, which in and of itself wasn't wrong. God's law actually provided uh, for, for laws about, about leaving the edges of the fields unharvested so that people could, especially the poor and the, the less fortunate in society, would have something to eat. And so the problem here wasn't that they were stealing food that they weren't supposed to have. The problem, as the Pharisees saw, was that they were working on the Sabbath. The picking of the grain the, the, was considered harvesting, and so was therefore outlawed on the Sabbath. The other story here has to do with Jesus himself, and, and the Pharisees kind of trying to trap him here a little bit, and, and the question of whether it's lawful to do good or to heal on the Sabbath. And this is not kind of a, a strange out there question because it was actually something that, that the Pharisees and the rabbis would debate from time to time. What is considered work and what, what can someone do in order to help someone else on the Sabbath without violating the law? Jesus here talks about helping a sheep that has fallen into a pit. That was actually a common example that was used. Of course, you're gonna, you're gonna rescue your animal, especially, you know, you're gonna rescue what belongs to you in order to, uh, prevent it from, from being injured or loss of life. That was considered by most to be okay work on the Sabbath. And so Jesus here uses that as an example as well about how, how it's okay to, to heal, to do good on the Sabbath. See, most of us, we, we live in a world that, that just doesn't stop. It, the world is not going to stop for you. And so we need to learn how to truly rest on the Sabbath. It's an, the Sabbath is an invitation to operate on God's schedule and not our own. He created us and he knows, he knows that we are not meant to operate nonstop. And so the first issue we often have with the Sabbath and what the Pharisees accused the disciples of was, was simply ignoring it and not resting at all. The other end of the spectrum here is what 
it was what the problem that the Pharisees themselves struggled with, and that is focusing too much on the rules. Focusing on the rules rather than the reason behind the rules. This is the trap that that the Pharisees and other religious leaders fell into. They created a series of rules and regulations that acted like a fence around the Sabbath law. As I mentioned already, harvesting was considered work, and so simply picking the grain and, and preparing it to eat was considered a violation of the Sabbath law. There were other rules about how far you could travel from your home, uh, and, and, and there's even a term called the Sabbath day walk, which, which described the distance you were allowed to travel from your home on a Sabbath day. And in fact, many homes would have markings around their house to demarcate where they were allowed to travel to on a given Sabbath day. Unfortunately, for, for many, the rules became more important than the purpose of Sabbath itself. The Pharisees had sincere uh, motives. They, they desired to protect the Sabbath, but yet they were still getting it wrong. The Sabbath was not meant to be a burden that we placed on top of people's shoulders. It's meant to be a blessing in itself. In Isaiah chapter 58, the prophet says this about the Sabbath, verses 13 and 14. He says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride and triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Notice there, what is God saying the purpose of the Sabbath is? It's not just about rule keeping. It's not about, about preventing us from doing what we otherwise should be doing. Sabbath was given to us as a gift so that we may find joy in the Lord, so that we may take delight in him. The problem when we, when we are always on and never off, when we're always going and never stop, is we can never reflect and remember how good the Lord truly is. We can never reflect on how, how he's blessed us in so many ways. When we take time to do that, we'll find that we truly have been blessed and we have joy in the Lord. But when we're going nonstop, we never get an opportunity to do that. Jesus points to several examples here in this passage to refute this claim of the Pharisees that, that they were breaking the Sabbath. He points to uh, David and his men eating the consecrated bread in the temple, which is found in 1 Samuel. He, he talks about the priests who would have to work on the Sabbath day in order to offer sacrifices that were required. In both of these examples, Jesus points to what some may consider exceptions to the law, in order to prove that it wasn't truly about the rules in the first place, but it was about the reason the rules were given. It was about the intent behind the law, which is so that we may rest and find joy in the Lord. And then he also quotes the prophet Hosea from Hosea 6.6. 6. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Of course, God cares about the law. God cares about sacrifice. God cares about us observing the Sabbath. But what Jesus is pointing out, like Hosea before him, was that was was highlighting God's priorities. God cares about the law, but he cares also and perhaps cares more about the motivation of our heart. If we do all the right things, but our heart is in the wrong place, it's still an affront to God. Think about Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount about adultery and about murder. A person is guilty of murder, murder simply for hating another person in their heart. 
A person is guilty of adultery for lusting after them in their mind. See, the motivations of our heart is what's truly important. And so we can observe the Sabbath by following all the rules. We can refuse to go to work or refuse to go shopping or refuse to do housework. We can observe all the right rules but still miss the point of why God gave us the Sabbath in the first place. As Jesus accused the Pharisees also in Matthew 15, 8, uh, he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, we can go through all the motions, we can do all the right things, but still miss the point of the Sabbath. And just as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, how he came to fulfill the law, not abolish it, I believe Jesus came to fulfill and to show us what the Sabbath is truly about and not just to get rid of it entirely. In the same story from Mark's perspective, in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, there's, there's one other line that, that Jesus adds in there that is not found in Matthew. He says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You see, this day of rest that we're talking about here, it's, it's not about the rules. It's not about closing down all the shops and restaurants. And it's not about refusing to do any work. And it's not even about a certain day. Sabbath is about the invitation to find rest physical, mental, and spiritual rest in God and to develop and maintain a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we see here in this passage, Jesus performs a miracle. The Pharisees challenge him and about whether it's right to heal on the Sabbath. And so Jesus uses this as an opportunity to, to prove that what he said is true and that he truly has the authority to make such proclamations. He claims that he truly is the Lord of the Sabbath. And then to prove that point, he does heal that man and he is made whole. See, like many, like so many other miracles in the New Testament, the miracle, the point of the miracle is not the miracle in itself. It's to prove that Jesus is who he says he is and that he truly does have the authority to, to make proclamations about forgiveness of sins as well as how to live and interact with the Sabbath. And so Jesus uh, and of course, the Pharisees are not too happy about that. And from that point forward, try to find ways to to kill Jesus, which is really kind of the we're seeing here in Matthew chapter uh, chapter 12. The, the wheels begin to turn that eventually lead to Jesus's arrest and crucifixion. And so what is the Sabbath then? We've talked about how how we often err in in how we view the Sabbath. But what is the Sabbath? What is it meant to be? Well, we see in Exodus chapter 20. In the Ten Commandments, uh, the command given to remember the Sabbath. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Notice here that in the Ten Commandments, God references creation, just as uh, Maria brought up in our children's chat, that it took God six days to create the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested. Did you think God was tired? Do you think God wore himself out and needed to rest? No, he's God. Of course he didn't need to rest. But he did. He rested and to set an example for us to follow. The seven-day week... Uh, is given to us as a pattern, as a rhythm to follow in order to, to, to set a rhythm for our lives. If you think about it, it's, it's, it's interesting that the seven-day week is the only measurement of time that we use that isn't really based on any sort of natural phenomena. 
A day is, is measured by the rotation of the earth on its own axis. A month is roughly the equivalent of a lunar cycle. And a year, of course, is a revolution of the earth around the sun. But the seven-day week is fairly arbitrary. And it's patterned after this rhythm that God established for us in Genesis chapter 2. Six days God worked, and on the seventh he rested. And we are called to do the same. Jesus here also points out that that something greater than the temple is here. He uses the priests working in the temple as an example of, of those who, who may have violated the, cov- or violated the Sabbath, yet were in- innocent. You see, the temple was the focal point of God's presence among his people. The tabernacle and then later the temple were constructed to emphasize this reality. You can see descriptions of, of how the temple was meant to be in, in Exodus as well as in Second Chronicles when Solomon completed the construction of the temple. And in Second Chronicles 3, we see descriptions of the temple, including both palm trees and angels, uh, as decoration within the temple. The images were meant, were placed throughout the structure and were meant to symbolize the joining together of heaven and earth, God and his people. The temple, in a sense, was a second Eden, where God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. The temple was where God's people went to be with God. And so Jesus here, it's, it's about the temple and also the Sabbath then is about developing and maintaining our relationship with the Lord through Jesus Christ. Jesus is greater than the temple because he is our Emmanuel. He is God with us, God in the flesh. And so the Sabbath is more than just an invitation to rest physically, but that is a part of it. Physical rest is important. Trust me, there is nothing better sometimes than a Sunday afternoon nap. But it's an invitation also to be with Jesus, to find rest in him. In Matthew chapter 11, the verses immediately leading up to this passage we have for us today is the invitation by Jesus to find rest in him. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, for I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, which means that that it's not just enough to physically rest, although that's part of it, but we must find our rest in him. And so I want to ask you a question today, that when you do find yourself with opportunities to rest, is your rest self-centered or is it God-centered? Does your rest bring you closer to God or do you put him on the back burner during that time? See, rest is meant to bring us closer to the Lord. Rest is meant to to refresh us physically, but also mentally and spiritually, so that we are ready to live for the Lord the other six days of the week. And so, in closing, I want to I want to highlight just three ways, uh, a few things about how we can find rest: physical, mental, and spiritual rest. The first thing, and this goes for all of it, is that we must be intentional. The world isn't going to stop for you. And so you must be intentional about finding rest any way you can. That includes a day of the week, finding time on a day of the week to, to rest. For some of you, that's, that Sundays aren't it for whatever reason. It's hard to find rest on Sundays, so you need to find another time, another day, in order to find your Sabbath rest. When I was in college, I waited tables at Red Lobster, and you were, we were not allowed to take Sunday off. That was not allowed to be a regular day off. Everybody had to be in the rotation on those days. And so... At least two Sundays out of the month, I was waiting tables at Red Lobster on Sunday mornings, right? And so I had to find other ways to find rest and find 
um, uh, find my rest in the Lord. It's important to, to set aside a day in order to do that. And for, for most of us, Sunday is that day. But if that doesn't work for you, you need to find that time somewhere else. It's also important to find uh, time each and every day to rest. Sabbath isn't just about a day of the week, but it's also finding those moments each day to pause and reflect on the Lord's goodness. So Sabbath, we, we want to find a day in the week, but we also want to find time each day to pause and reflect on God. And so we must rest physically, take a break from our everyday demands. The world expects you to be doing all the time. Sabbath is an invitation simply to be. And so find ways to take a break, disconnect from the world around you and rest. Like I said before, there's nothing wrong with a good nap. And in 1 Kings 19, Elijah, in his stress and anxiety and worry, is told by the Lord to take a nap and get something to eat. There's something important about physical rest to, to, to help us uh, throughout the rest of the week. And Sabbath is also about trust. Do you trust that God will keep the world spinning without you when you take a break? Do you truly believe that God will sustain you and sustain your family and sustain this world without you working 24-7, 365. And so we need to find opportunities for physical rest. We also need to find opportunities for mental rest. Take time to reflect each week on the Lord's blessings. Reflect on what he's done for you, on how he has worked in your life. Or simply take a time to just read a book, take a walk, play a game, do something to refresh your mind. For any of you that work with computers or phones, sometimes you just need to turn it off and turn it back on again to work right. And I think we, that's true for us as well. We need to take that break mentally from our everyday grind and so that we are refreshed for the week to come. And of course, we also need spiritual rest. Physical and mental rest is important, but if we're not resting in the Lord, we're missing the real intent of Sabbath, to be still and know that I am God. Sabbath is a reminder that no matter how hard we work, we cannot save ourselves. It's a weekly reminder to put our hope and our trust in God's grace and not ourselves. And so it's important for on, on the Sabbath to spend time with God, Bible reading, prayer, but also spend time with God's people here in church. And find other opportunities as well to gather with God's people. Maybe that's Sunday school class. Maybe that's a small group Bible study or just a friend over a cup of coffee. But finding time not only to spend with the Lord, but also with God's people is so important. And Hebrews 10, the author there, reminds us and encourages us to not give up meeting as some in the habit of doing, but to continue to meet together even as we see the day approaching. And so it's important for Sabbath to find physical, mental, and spiritual rest. And we're going to continue to develop over the next few weeks what that looks like and how we can truly find our rest in the Lord. As we close our service today, we're going we're gonna, to uh, share in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, which is also a reminder and a, a sign of, of the rest we have in the Lord. Rest in God's grace and the fact that God has promised to save and redeem his people. God has done the work for us in Christ. All we need to do is respond in faith and accept that grace for ourselves. And it's also a pointer to that eternal Sabbath, that one day we will rest from our labors one day we will set aside all the, all the hardship and the, and the earthly cares and we will spend eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so communion is a reminder of that eternal Sabbath that we have to look forward to. Let's pray and, and prepare our hearts 
uh, as we go to the Lord in song and prepare our hearts for Sabbath or for, for communion. Lord God, I thank you so much that you have given us, uh, you have invited us, Lord, to find rest in you. Lord, Sabbath is not an easy thing. In a world that never stops, that always keeps going, it is hard to pause and truly rest in you. So Lord, help us to do that. Help us to set aside a day. Help us to set aside time each week, Lord, to reflect on who you are and what you've done for us. And I pray, Lord, as we do so, that you would help us to to truly, truly rest. Lord, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand, and as we prepare our hearts for communion, let's sing the marked verses of number 404, The Solid Rock. As we take this bread and we take this cup this morning, I encourage you to take time to reflect on what it means to truly rest in the Lord, truly find our hope and our salvation in him. Communion is a reminder that we are all sinners in need of a savior, that we can't save ourselves no matter how hard we work, no matter how much effort we put into it. It's not about us. It's about what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And so the, bo- the bread is meant to represent Christ's body broken for us. The, the cup represents Jesus' blood spilled for us, all that our sins would be forgiven and that we can find that true hope and that true rest in him. So as you take the elements this morning, I encourage you to reflect on that. Reflect on how we have tried to save ourselves, how we've tried to earn our way in God's family and, and, and ask for God's forgiveness in those things. Also reflect on the ways that we've fallen short, the things we've done that we know aren't pleasing to the Lord, and ask God for forgiveness for those things as well. And as we confess our sins, we know that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
and ask him then to help you, fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you may live for him each day going forward. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much that you have given this sacrament as a, as a symbol, as a reminder of all that you've done for us. I pray now that we would take, take the sacrament to our comfort, that we would be encouraged by it, Lord, and that you would fill us with your spirit. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, I have received from the Lord what I also pass on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So all you who have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Messiah, I invite you to take this sacrament to your comfort.
the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. Jesus Christ, just shed for you and for all, 
A new covenant that was made in his blood that our sins would be forgiven. So take and drink knowing that he died for you. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for this reminder, this promise that you have saved us by the the body and blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray now that you'd fill us with your spirit as we go from this place. Help us to to turn away from those things that are not pleasing to you, Lord, and to, to follow you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord, help us to find the true rest that comes from knowing you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You may go in peace, except for you members of the church. I encourage you to stay here for our meeting here and just, we'll get started with that in just a moment.